Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Hello, Marlo. What's up? Nothing. I just like had a sneeze attack right before I uh, went to make the link. So fair warning. If yeah, I... you know. <laughs> well, it's, my family has a curse where <gasps> essentially the older relative has sneeze attacks and the younger relatives make fun of them. And then they are cursed to have sneeze attacks in their old age. Oh. It's been going on for like 10 generations. All wow. the way back to ancient Rome. Oh, boy. When Geminus Pessalonicus, <laughs> the elder, had a sneeze attack. It checks out to me. Yeah. Right. Hi, Steve. Steve's Hi. here, Hi. finally. To catch up, I had a sneeze attack. Marlo's family cursed by sneeze attacks. I mentioned I watched Space Jam. He yes. did not watch Space Jam, but he has let me know how that nobody should watch Space Jam, basically. As Marlo will do. Well, also, I was going to point out that Casablanca itself is a simulacra and has itself become not a reference to Casablanca, but a reference to a reference to Looney Tunes. Yeah, no, that's like how Apocalypse Now is now the Vietnam War more than the Vietnam War. No, this is a total Baudrillard shit. We're breaking new ground. But also, the other thing you missed was uh, Naked and Afraid with the fam. Yeah, Naked and Afraid is like, I would say there is three kinds of survival shows, not counting Survivor, which is its own thing. And that is Bear Grylls, Les Stroud, and Naked and Afraid. I'm a Les Stroud. Yeah, no, Les Stroud is the person for the smart types who want to see, like, a person actually giving a shit about what he's doing. Bear Grylls is for the dumbest fucking people on Earth. And Naked and Afraid is a game, and it presents itself as a game. It saves you from the, like, super gamey bullshit that Survivor has. But, like, at the end of the day, you know it's a game, and that's what you're watching it for, and it's enjoyable on its own merits. How do you win Naked and Afraid? By, like, not tapping out for 60 days, because this is Naked and Afraid. 60 days? That's why this... I do not know how long Well, okay, this is Naked and Afraid XL (laughs) uh, this season. (laughs) Is Naked and Afraid XL, and what they do is they take... Do they have to stay naked for 60 days? I mean, if you manage to kill a deer and uh, make a loincloth, you can wear it. But yes, you do not get clothes made by society. This season, they are in the Louisiana Bayou. It's actually this past season. And they place them very strategically for 60 days where it was 
fall and you know it's louisiana so like they're hitting 90 degrees days but it's fastly approaching winter where you're gonna get like 38 degree nights let's say so yeah it's got a good mix and they're basically reliant on they all have alligator hooks so they're reliant on hoping to roll those dice and catch a gator uh, as their main food source, but of course, as the winter rolls around, the gators become less prevalent. Like, it's not like Survivor where it's like, oh, you have your tribes that are competing. They're like divvied up into like three person to start. And if someone gets either a serious injury where there's essentially a TKO where the producers say, yeah, you cannot continue, like your health is too bad or you broke a bone or whatever. Yeah, you're out. Or uh, it's just straight up, they say, yeah, fuck it, I'm out. And that's how you get eliminated. Yeah, I mean, there's no prize or whatever. It's just like, yeah, trying to tough it out for the time period. There's no prize. No, there's no (laughs) prize whatsoever. No, no, there's absolutely no prize. No, I think there's a, like, trail mix company that'll give you a sponsorship and you can, like, go on some stupid-ass commercial. But, no, there's no, like, actual prize. You know, so the one dude is, like... It was this dude who, like, basically had the correct strategy, which was for, like, six months before this show starts, I'm going to put on just an insane amount of weight. And so I'm going to be okay for, like, a couple weeks if we don't get food. And he was with two very tiny women who uh, basically got cold and tapped out. So he's alone right now. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually the producers like basically called an audible and were like, you know what, dude, there's a tribe that has one dude who uh, tapped out, go join them. And so like, they kind of like occasionally will mix it up. There's like no rules. Cause like, it's not a game in the sense where people are actually competing for a prize. So like they'll, constantly call audibles this one dude uh same guy actually he at one point he was fucking around on a tree branch snapped uh pierced his scrotum let's just call it like it is it pierced his scrotum and they were like okay you know what here's the deal either you tap out right now or you know what we'll let you stay but you have to accept that we'll stitch it up with rawhide and he's like, yeah, do the raw high thing. Yikes. Yeah, no, this shit, it's a fun fucking show. It fucking rules. So how was Space Jam 2? And what's Marlo's argument against watching it? I would say Space Jam 2 was uh, far more weird and sad than I expected it to be. Uh, not actually mm. the plot being sad, but like, oof. Like uh, the references being sad? So uh, I'll put it this way, that quite literally the villain of the movie is kind of the movie itself. It's an Whoa, it's a, okay, okay. It's an algorithm personified Hamily by Don Cheadle. Okay. Um, basically, he has uh, this intention to utilize all the Warner Brothers, like, intellectual property in like really like cool ways but uh 
when whatever's pitched to LeBron is rejected, the algorithm basically zaps LeBron and his son into a sort of computer world. It's, it's an algorithm-driven, like, written movie where the bad guy is an algorithm that writes movies. Yeah, essentially. And a lot of Hullabaloo had been sort of, you know, done over... Oh, my God, what the fuck? The, the Clockwork Orange guys are in the, like, what? crowd here. Yeah. Like, like yeah, dude, every Warner Brothers property is... It's fucking insane. I cannot emphasize to you how fucking, like, deeply insane it is... So yes, the fucking whatever's, the gang from Clockwork Orange, the people who do a rape in the beginning of Clockwork Orange are in the crowd watching the basketball game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And they're like, oh man, I just got Uh, all bruvs, all bruvs. So Give me some milk. I'm going to go do a raping and then go to a... Steven, yeah. I feel very bad that you forgot any of the linguistic quirks of that movie. Other- I don't. I loved reading it in the foreign language that he made up, but whatever. It's like Kubrick's a hack. You heard it here British, first. British. Like, I like, don't. I don't love Clockwork. Orange. No, no, no. I, I I think the book is amazing, though. I also I did read the book, but the movie. I honestly, the first time I was ever shown it, I really did not like the rape in the beginning where they cut off her clothes, uh, and I didn't that, really. That was just the seventies, though. That happened in I, like every other movie in the seventies. It was just like I was like very creeped out, uh, and then I did not watch it till later, like trying to be like. You know, uh, I want I watch things that will one day be in the Criterion collection. Um, I'm pretty sure Clockwork Orange was the like freshman class of the Criterion collection. Yeah, absolutely. So, so whatever. Some people clocked it in the uh, trailer for Space Jam Two, but there were other very strange. Uh, okay, there is a character in the crowd who is. Featured prominently multiple times, that is literally Vanessa Redgrave's scary nun character from a 1971 movie called The Devils. What? Like it, I am not joking here. It it makes no fucking sense. It's not even an iconic like it it's, looks. I mean, this but, is like very literally the culture industry in a extremely blatant manner. Like yeah. just the straight up. Like, yeah, give me give me some Adorno right now, Marlo. Give me some Ludwig Van. Yeah, well, yeah, Matt, play that over that. But anyway, um, no, I mean, it just is like there's seriously there's no context to anything. Like I, I'm like trying to, and I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot about it and like i've seen clips and i think that i understand what it is i read Um, the wikipedia page is marlo's uh i know thing no this is actually i've seen people posting about this all fucking day (laughs) and posting clips of it and talking about it and what and i mean okay so like uh, you compare it to the original and the original is a bad movie 
The original is not a good movie. It's if you like it, you like it because of nostalgia. If you revisit it, it's not really good. Whatever, though. Um, at the very least, the original was an idea. And you just compare it to two where it's like they have to make um, what's his face? A cartoon. God LeBron. Damn it. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. thank you. They have to make LeBron a cartoon because why are they doing that? Because that saves on the days you need to pay LeBron to be on set. They're basically just not giving a shit. It's not directed towards children. It's directed it, there's towards... There's like nothing for children. Like it was... So I, I'll put it this way. At one point, Bugs Bunny... Does an MC Hammer? Oh, I, I thought you were like, gonna say Bugs Bunny joined the Clockwork Orange. Rape I wish. Guy. <laughs> I fucking wish. Bugs yeah. Bunny does MC Hammer like can't touch this, and I was like, literally, who but people my age, a little older, a little whatever, would even fucking Which recognize to, this? To it be was like, fair, it's a common thing from cartoons forever that we're going to throw references in. In for the parents who are watching this with their children, but this was to give them that. something to uh, yeah, chuckle we about. Know that, but this yeah, is, but I'm, this I'm is not even. No, I'm agreeing with you. This is yeah. not even that. It is not for children. They are not throwing these references in. They have a fucking Rick and Morty cameo. There's uh, so many. There, there's like, a lot of very obvious, weird, unnecessary cameos on top of the weird people in the crowd where you're like, this character? Why would you be this one? Okay, uh, the, the second Rugrats movie. Terrible movie. But it had a very, I'm going to say, tastefully done Godfather reference in the beginning that is for the parents who know Godfather references to just chuckle at. But, you know, it's a fucking... But, like, this is Rick and Morty. This is, like, just not for... Even for people who have children. Are you guys familiar with uh, Big Chungus? Yeah. Bugs Bunny briefly turn, turns into the big chungus like right yeah, uh, with, the, with the um, cartoon LeBron like it's literally the youngest reference in the entire fucking thing is the and is, also like go through the levels of simulacra to get to big chungus mm-hmm. in Space Jam 2 where it's like yeah it's a meme a meme that's a frame from an old Bugs Bunny cartoon that showed up on 4chan at some point that then like became a whole fucking thing for five years and now is in the fucking Space Jam 2 yeah but um, we're gonna yeah. presumably get to Cuba, folks. So, so uh, <laughs> this so is our Cuba. So this- basically, <laughs> after part of the plot is that uh, LeBron's son doesn't want to play basketball; he wants to make video games. He's a coder, um, mm. and LeBron is like, "Nah, you got potential on the court." And then they get sucked into this fucking uh, server verse, is I think what they call it. And it was also way cooler when the original Space Jam, when cartoons just aliens. lived. Well, no, the, but the cartoons lived inside a hollow earth. Yes. This is like just this under is, a golf course. The, yes, this is like a very sad multiverse. That yeah, it's is. like a weird Tron thing. 
I think yeah, we should so, call this episode, this is a very sad multiverse. Yes, it is very sad multiverse. So basically the algorithm is like, oh, in order to get out of this serververse, you've got to, we're going to play basketball, it, you know, in this place. Because and that also, makes sense. Because it makes sense. And also I'm kidnapping your son and you've got to make a team of whoever you can find by. So then LeBron's like, I got to do this to save my son. And the only beings that he can seemingly call upon are initially Bugs Bunny, who for some reason is all alone in Toon World because all the other Looney Tunes have gone to other Warner Brothers IP worlds to hang out. So that is when Yosemite Sam is in Casablanca. And mm -hmm. uh, we end up with uh, Lola Bunny in uh, Themyscira with the Amazon. We have to also here. point out uh, ugly feminist Lola Bunny. Yes. Uh, what's the Arrested Development? She's got a surfboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a surfboard. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a guy from Scrubs. Yes. Anyway, yeah, uh, Lola Bunny. Uh, Lola Bunny, get out of the so, picture. Yeah. You got so, a surfboard. Yeah, so I can Lola no longer city fuck is, the rabbit. Uh, in the Wonder Woman uh, universe. But uh, LeBron assembles all of uh, them. Uh, he tries to sort of seek out, you know, like literally Superman and et cetera to play on his basketball team, but he can only get like the, the Looney Tunes. Meanwhile, the algorithm, who I believe is going by Al G Rhythm, mm -hmm. he is training up LeBron's son to be like a crazy, super powered e boy. Hey, why don't we do a uh, look back review show of Who Framed Rock <laughs> Rabbit? Just because this is reminding me of that, <laughs> and I'd like to an excuse to watch that movie again. Ah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. That's a lovely, I love that That's movie. That's a good uh, human animation. Uh, and happy. also tastefully playing with IPs in a way like back when that was like unique yeah. and Breaking interesting. Territory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, like Space it, Jam is, is like almost incredibly cynical, whereas something like right. Roger Rabbit was like, it was very novel. Even Space Jam and, 1, it's a terrible movie, but at least they were like, it was I mean, yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit obviously came first, but like having that cartoon plus real live action was still sort of novel at the time. Mm -hmm. Jordan acting, it was interesting. Like the whole thing like was at least kind of a phenomenon, whereas this is just an afterthought that is just there. Wasn't the subtext of the movie that he was over the hill doing minor league yeah. baseball yeah, and no, it had, had a gambling a real, addiction? Yeah, it had a real fucking reference to a down in Jordan's career mm -hmm. as well. And it sort of like was essentially recapturing these tabloid stories that have been floating around about Jordan's career to make that kind of the nub of the subtext drama of the movie, which is the fun idea to do. And it's like LeBron doesn't really have that because he's yeah. And also the fucking soundtrack. I know Ariel loved the soundtrack more. Well, that's the other thing. Anything. If you, that's the other thing is that I feel like space they're, jam. they're just hitting us. Space jam. 
Yeah, no, that song fucking rocked. I feel like a lot of it was to try to get us to forget I Believe I Can Fly was a part of the first I do not camp. forget that. That was an icon- oh, yeah. iconic scene. And also a great fucking song. Yeah. You know, not a good person, but like a cool song. I believe I can fly. But it was, that was actually I integral. I believe I can start a rape cult. Well, that was actually integral to uh, R. Kelly's, like, sort of rehabilitating his image in this certain way that allowed mm-hmm. him to be an even, you know, more prolific predator. Okay, so, so what you're saying is Space Jam 2 at least was not a party to as many rapes as Space Jam 1. So far, so good. Okay. <laughs> so I'd put it. Okay. <laughs> but they did have the rape gang from Clockwork Orange. They did have the rape gang from Clockwork <laughs> Orange, though. So, uh, god damn it. Like, I, I, it's, so, it's so weird to me. Like, okay, yeah, the White Walkers from Game of Thrones, fucking, like, all this other shit. But... <laughs> I don't care if Truly, you talk about it, Redgrave's but I am going to watch so though. much Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All right. What about Space Jam 3? What, who's the basketball player that's going to be in Space Jam Well, 3? it's going to be LeBron's son, and he makes a video game, which he enters into. Yeah, no, that's that, actually This correct. is actually part of the kind of part of the plot of this one. So. No, it's Space that, Jam that, 2.5 reloaded. Stephen has a good thought, which is that Space Jam 3 will not even follow the formula of we're at least going to get the current star basketball player. It will just be a back reference to Space Jam 2, and it'll just be like characters from Space Jam 2. It'll be like Stranger Things, but with basketball as the thing that they like. I'm not sure where you're going with that, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll be like Stranger Things, but with basketball as the thing. What it'll be like, like what are they like on real Stranger Things, Steve. <laughs> yeah, like what are you like? Basketball will be the. They like, they like finding yeah. aliens. They like no, they like D and Z, dude. They like D and D. They like eighties things back in the 80s. They like getting groomed by Drake. Space Jam 3, Drake. No, no. My point, though, is it will, like, abandon because getting a new basketball player assumes that anyone even watches basketball anymore, whereas we'll instead just watch cultural references to basketball. And uh, as a part of this continuing march to hauntology. See, I can like explain to if I just say the word hauntology, Stephen listens mm. to what I'm saying. Oh, um, well, I was wondering when we were going to get to hauntology tonight. Yeah, well, because it's actually closer to the culture industry. It's, but, you know. I mean, it's also there in Cuba, too, let's be honest. It will just be filled with references. It'll no longer be the formula. It'll just be a direct sequel to Space Jam 2. Which I think, again, like the LeBron James son. Yeah, or no, that's what I'm saying. The, I'm the, equiv- the equivalent of that. And I think what they'll do is they'll make a video game first. And they'll do like the Resident Evil thing where they make a video game of Space Jam 3. And then they turn it into a movie. Well, I mean, that's also like the Mortal Kombat. They make movies out of video games. They've been doing that. That is true. They do do that. They're usually bad. The only Which one is good. 
Chronicles of Riddick. No, actually, never mind. No, the movie sucks. The game's really good, though. But the game was made off of the movie. That's the thing. So they make games out of movies and movies out of games. Riddick is the one where the game was made out of the movie, but the game is better than the movie. I hope the next Space Jam is actually the next... Bojack Horseman? No. Was Bojack Horseman in Space Jam 2? That would have been cool. I just recently started rewatching it. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I think it stands up. Which TV network is Warner Brothers associated with? They have uh, CNN, obviously. They have... WB. Yeah, WB. Warner well, Brothers. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was that was part of Fox, though. No, not, not related. Well, I'm just trying to see what other IPs I can well, tie the, No, the WB frog, I'm pretty sure, was in the first uh, Space Jam. I do remember the uh, WB frog. I think he actually was from originally a uh, Looney Tunes short, and then it just Wait, became... do you not know where the W... You don't know where that frog's cartoon? You've never seen this? Okay, fuck me. What, what are you going to tell me? It's a fucking frog that can sing and dance, but then when the guy takes him and shows people, he's just like, ribbit. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that shit. Like, that's, that's that guy. That's yeah, how yeah. I feel when people are like, oh, you're a stand-up comic. Tell me a joke. I just want to be like, fucking ribbit. Yeah. Fucking... Wait to see me in a stupid basement somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, I did look up uh, what exactly is Bugs Bunny's accent um, as I watched it last night. It's old-timey Brooklyn. Old-timey, Bro- yes. It was the old-timey Brooklyn Flatbush accent that eventually just became a... Right, and a- also he was named Bugs after Bugsy Seagull. Like, yes. Yeah, it was a whole... Yeah, Bugs Bunny is definitely uh, Jewish-coded. Yeah. Yeah. If that wasn't clear to anyone, that's canon. Well, um, also, though, the carrot is from uh, It Happened One Night in the Clark Gable scene. Right, right. kind of. Warner Brothers but, owns HBO. Yeah, so, like, let us be clear uh, the simulacra creating machine has been going on for a while because Bugs Bunny himself is. An encapsulation of a movie you never saw and speaking with an accent you never heard of. But yeah, no, it's just become a thing for itself at this point. I just want to know if the next Space Jam could also be a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That'd be the move. <laughs> then it would get with good. Nicolas Cage. With Nicolas Cage. I- fucking loved the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I will just say, for the record, I mentioned Chronicles of Riddick earlier. Yes. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Who, yeah. I, I, I'm going to put it out there, guys. I might start a Fast and the Furious specific podcast with my boyfriend, Leland. Fair enough. Uh, in preparation for whenever the last one should come out. Because uh, I do... I, we both got some deep dive thoughts. About- I watched the first one after our episode last week. Yeah. And didn't hold up really no. well. Yeah, no, no. the first, Well, that's the thing with the series is you have to get to three or whatever for it to get off the walls. But the first movie is not a good movie. But a surprise hit, so... Warner Brothers uh, owns HBO. Oh, okay. 
And so why were the Sex in the City girls there? They also own TNT. They should have had the Sopranos on to promote uh, many yeah. points of Yeah, what about these other IPs? Why the f- Wait a second. Instead of Sopranos, you got the fucking Clockwork Orange rapists? If you're going to have some rapists, some <laughs> criminals, we're going to have the Sopranos there. What the fuck? I am upset now. I'm upset. <laughs> I need to look at the whole Rolodex of possible IPs and, and really Well, now, now I'm imagining like all of the Breaking Bad characters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Like Jesse Pinkman coming in. Well, that's not on HBO, dude. Oh, fuck. God damn it. We can't keep track. This is when you want them to just be a monopoly. Yeah. This is nationalized. Yeah, fucking nationalized. And then one movie can just have every reference. Yeah, one movie to rule us all. (laughs) (laughs) One mono movie. Oh, man. Space Jam 3. One movie to rule us all. all. I just gotta say, fuck Chess.com right now. One movie to bind us. Yeah. What happened on Chess.com, Marla? Well, no, because I just lost a Blitz game because someone uh, basically pinned my queen to the king. And whatever, it happens. It's Blitz. But then Chess.com douchily had a pop-up about king safety and how you should think about that sort of thing they do do that thing and it's very condescending (laughs) it's incredible i want to fucking strangle uh this uh website and specifically danny wrench right now uh fuck you guys that's yeah i i'm aware that i shouldn't have done that um but thanks for telling me. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, they should combine all IPs into one thing and uh, just have one monoculture film that references everything that ever was from the Venus of Wallendorf to, I don't know, whatever, something newer than that is. Well, okay, so what would you have in that mono one? Venus of Wallendorf, fucking, what comes after that for you? Roger Rabbit. <laughs> well, the epic of Gilgamesh got to be in there. Got to be in there. We're, we're going go. through chronological. Yeah. <laughs> Everything man has created, uh-huh. uh, we will chronologically reference. In Minoan snake titty women. Absolutely. <laughs> Mycenaean Greeks. Normal who, Greeks. Who threw a shirt on it. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck was going on with Stonehenge, that's going to be in there. Beowulf. Yeah. Grendel. Uh, Loki, that time that he turned into a lady horse to get fucked by a a male horse in order to distract the giant from building that wall because he promised uh, the giant that he would like get like immortality if he could finish the wall in a certain number of days. And then Loki gave birth to the seven-legged sleep near. That's going to be in that. Yeah, absolutely. All of it. Oh, um, Stand and Deliver. There's going to be a whole Stand and Deliver scene. (laughs) 
that the Mexicans going to teach a bunch of Mexicans how to do calculus? <laughs> Shit. No, it's going to be that one scene where... How um, do I get to these kids? No, but the Finger Man scene. You, you, oh, does yeah. anyone know the Finger Man scene? That's yes, the I scene. do know it. Oh, Finger Man. Oh, you do Finger Man. Oh, I that have Finger. What's not Asian? Yeah, well, you know what? That's not my problem. That's... Um, <laughs> The movie's okay. problem. Um, okay. I, I don't. Isn't he Mexican? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to answer if this dude's Mexican accent sounded Asian. I'm just doing his How accent. How do I reach these kids? What's nine times one? One, oh, two, like... three, four, nine. It's nine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be that soon. Uh, uh, oh, does anyone remember uh, the Haley Joel Osment follow up to? Six cents, uh, pay it forward. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be in there. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Casablanca, because that rules. All about Eve. Oh, yeah. Killing Eve. Yeah, both of those. Something about Mary. <laughs> Taming of the 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> Clueless. Octopussy. That's the only movie in James Bond that will be referenced. That's it. Mm. I hear there's an octopusy. Um, Tales of Gain, Genshi, whatever. There's whatever. an octopusy bar. I've been doing this job where I track down Instagram stars, and one of them went to the octopusy bar and was reading Ian Fleming's Octopussy with the octopusy bar, which also had an octopus coming out from the mm. bottom. Nice. That's pretty cool. I do like octopus. Mm. Calvin and Hobbes, that's going to be in there. Fuck you, Bill Watterson, and your wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Peanuts Universe. Red Wall. This sounds like a great movie. Michael Crichton's Timeline. <laughs> <laughs> All Animorphs. of the and the Furious for Bunny. Yeah, no, this shit's going to roll. Animorphs, both the book series and the short-lived and critically panned Nickelodeon series. Anyway, that's enough <laughs> naming things that exist. I don't know. Is it enough after seeing Space Jam 2? I never know. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, yeah. No, actually, if Space Jam 2 taught us anything, it is uh, we don't have to think of things anymore. I can just Well, yeah, look there's at, nothing new, which yeah, is Yeah, I can fine. just look at my bookshelf and read the spines of each of these books, and that's content. That's true. Do we want to acknowledge Cuba exists? Cuba does exist. <laughs> Cuba does exist. That's where, that's our baseline. That's Cuba does exist. I'm, you know, often angry thinking about it and watching the... So was Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He really fucking hated or wanted Cuba. Yeah. Has anybody had any interaction with people who are reactionary fascists about Cuba? Yeah, I've no. been like posting oh. literally all week about this. No, no, no. I'm did you interact with anybody? Oh, though? in like oh, like the way like people interact together. Um no. No, that's Yeah, everyone I know is like a commie about it. So, but it's definitely out there, and certainly... Well, it's on certainly, TV, speaking yeah. of the simulac. I was getting into the... Speaking of Baudrillard, and this would be a pretty good case study of Baudrillard simulation. Yeah, um, sure. So it would, like, any news story. But, yeah, this one would. 
Because on one hand, it's the Cuban people have legitimate reasons for protesting. And it is a symptom of, in some ways, a healthy democracy, which Cuba is, if anything, a pretty healthy democracy. It really is. It um, is perhaps the healthiest democracy. I mean, the, like, that's something I'll get to later. I'm, I'll let you finish. But, you know, Beyonce had the uh, best video of all time. I said mm-hmm. I was doing a Kanye. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> Uh, I forgot what I was saying, so just go. Like, honestly, you know, I am not immune to being annoyed by the quote-unquote anti-imperialist, tanky, whatever the fuck. But within that, if you are going to make an argument for a single Marxist-Leninist government that emerged uh, in the 20th century— Cuba is that government. It is the ideal. If anything, it, it really, should be considered the model. It really is against horrific conditions. Like, you can't ask for anything else. Like, at the end of the day, you have a fucking country that has been ravaged and impoverished by actions outside of it since before Castro was ever born. And from that, they've managed to do something. And it isn't always perfect. It isn't great. But they're fucking trying and they're doing a pretty goddamn good job. And they always have. And you can point to whatever you want. You can point to, oh, there are refugees. Well, guess what? There is a country that is extremely wealthy, that is 90 miles from their coast, that has an open advertisement that says, if you get to this country, we will grant you citizenship, and we also have a plethora of privately run charities that will essentially set you up with a salary. Where you can say anything you want about Cuba. And, I mean, like, you know, like, I will not really defend North Korea. I am very skeptical of China. I am not someone who necessarily defends every red-colored country in the world. Yes, you have refugees. You have refugees from Mexico. You have refugees from Central America. They are poor fucking countries, and you can make more money if you live in America as a baseline. You just can. Uh, And that's the case, and that gives a draw for refugees and America is far more tolerant of refugees from Cuba for explicitly political reasons than they are tolerant of refugees from those other countries. Well, what's going on over there and why do they have legitimate protests, which I think the Cuban people... There's a general economic downturn off the back of a unprecedented global pandemic that has affected every country on earth and has caused protests in every country on earth. And Cuba specifically in part because of the embargo relies heavily on the tourism industry there, which has been all but obliterated. And 
the government also doesn't really have access to global trade, which has made it hard for things like syringes to come in. They made their own fucking vaccine. They made two strains of the vaccine by themselves without yeah. international help. And then they couldn't vaccinate their own people because they couldn't get enough syringes to vaccinate their own people because of the embargo. Yeah, and if there were no protests, one might be able to correctly say Cuba doesn't allow protests. There are protests and people are saying, oh, well, some people are getting arrested. And I'm not defending arresting protesters, but what standard are you judging them on? Because no country on earth doesn't arrest protesters. No government on earth accepts the notion that it's worth having an externally imposed regime change to allow certain liberal free civil liberties to a minority of the population. That doesn't happen anywhere. And when you compare it to the United States, or frankly, you compare it to China, where you look at the George Floyd protests, people were arrested there. The George Floyd protests did not ultimately pose an existential threat to the United States regime. They couldn't. I, they couldn't. I supported them, and I support them today, and I don't view them in the ways that certain fucking factions of this terminally online, quote-unquote, post-left think, oh, they're just liberal HR, PMC, whatever. No, I, I'm not saying that, but no, they didn't ultimately threaten the existence of the United States government. And uh, for fairness sakes, you look at China, which is also extremely jumpy about protests, probably fair to say more so than the United States. But in their case, protests do not threaten the Chinese regime at all. If they let them go, you know, they don't have the United States 90 mm -hmm. miles away with a greater amount of resources than they will have in 10,000 years ready to jump on any excuse to invade them who consistently had for the past 60 years an active intelligence operation in their country that at best sowed active dissent for the sake of overthrowing the government at worst attempted and participated in political assassinations. They don't have Miami off their coast that has a community that has fostered terrorism, planting bombs on planes, driving fucking boats to their shores and shooting up hotels. China doesn't have that. They're fucking jumpy about protests. The U.S. doesn't have that. They're fucking jumpy about protests. The U.S. will never be able to invade China and effect a regime change, no more so than China would be able to do so to the U.S. But the U.S. does have that ability if it wanted on Cuba. And they are yes, gearing these up protests can provide a basis for the United States doing that. So, yeah. Maybe the Cubans are a little less tolerant of free speech than the United States, but they have far more to risk. They have far and they have far more to lose. And the United States has nothing to lose and they still fucking arrest people. They are a perhaps the most democratic country in the world. 
and B, perhaps the biggest exporter of humanitarian aid per capita. For their size, yeah, no. Per capita. For their size, they really are. Like, maybe also Nepal has this weird thing where they, like, really have this odd single-minded dedication to providing, like, aid any way they can. Uh, But Cuba, yeah, 100%. Uh, for their size, are one of the biggest providers of global aid in the world. Not just charity. Uh, there's a fucking reason Nelson Mandela thanked Fidel Castro. <laughs> like, there is a reason. Well, they went over with their military, right? Like, yeah, it was, yeah no, like, in the Angolan Civil War. Exactly, they, yeah. They committed more than the Soviet Union committed to the Angolan Civil War. But I think the point that... I want to make is that anyone who says they're anti-democratic dictatorship and one who's saying that they want to liberate Cuba from the Communist Party or communist regime for humanitarian reasons is absolutely up their own ass. Just the biggest fucking reactionaries because you cannot look at any country that size and say that's not a democratic for just the amazing local elections that they hold and frankly their constitution they have a it's incredible they have a dedication to participatory democracy and representative st- democracy that they as well. stick to i mean they really do and yes they're a poor country and yes they're lofty ideals in the face of someone who is starving that person will live in the United States if they have the opportunity to, because the other option is we are scraping by as a very poor nation, the same as people are scraping by from very poor nations that have a government that's very cooperative with the United States. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are protesting right now, and they aren't all CIA plans. This isn't a fucking conspiracy theory. They're dealing with some hardship that came from a event that has affected every country on Earth. And yeah, maybe some of the people who got arrested, maybe they shouldn't have been arrested. That happens in the United States. That happens in China. That happens in the UK. That happens in every country on Earth. By whatever fucking because of, standard. Because of nation state sovereignty is like why yeah. protesters get arrested. Like, and, you know, anarchists have been complaining about these protests or being yeah, on the well, side of them. And obviously, Trotsky's have kind of a more. I mean, there's I no such thing as Trotskyism at this point. It's a. Serious. Hey, I, I wanted to talk about. I went to a Trotskyist event yeah. today. Yeah, I, I never heard of them. But, Left um, voice. I mean, I guess I heard of them. I guess I didn't know they were Trotskyists, but um, whatever. Like Trotskyists have taken every side on everything, and I mean that's not even to disparage them as an ideology. It's to say that as an ideology, it's been so utterly fractured however many years that yeah i don't know and i mean anarchism too i mean like frankly i mean the fact that chomsky is the face of anarchism in the modern world it's honestly silly if you compare him to any anarchist theorist who's come before him 
I feel bad judging anarchism for the activities of anarchists. Just because it's like, I don't think it's, they have a cogent <clears throat> thing they're even pointing to. Bonnie, what do you make of all this? <laughs> I agree. I mean, all this is just, uh, I mean, everything I've seen that I haven't liked. It's in the same old, same old when it comes to Cuba. Just crazy anti-communist takes, you know, like a bunch of shitty white Cubans who came to the U.S. being shitheads. <laughs> so I agree. Do, do we want to talk about AOC? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like whatever. She had a shitty take. She's... The thing I, I wanted to point out was that she tried to have it both ways. and Yeah, she did. And yeah. got fucked by both sides because she just couldn't pick a lane. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the liberal curse. Either it's the embargo's fault that the protests are coming up and we should remove the embargo, or the protesters should, you know, call for an overthrow of the, the communist regime and... Like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I mean, maybe there are differing opinions about how this should have been handled within the government. I guess that's why it's good it's a democracy. Yeah, some people are protesting because they disagreed with what the government did. That's what you do when you disagree with what the government did. That doesn't mean you should overthrow the government means that you're participating in a conversation for how we need to deal with these problems. Yeah, they are making their voices heard, which is so great that they have a government where they can make their voices heard. Mm -hmm. And why are people calling it anti-democratic? That's something that has uh, really stuck with me, and it's kind of like really been one of those things that's ticked me off. And I think that the thing that they see as anti-democratic is the one-party state primarily, but also the... Like, I, I think something that most people don't realize is that, um, like, Castro was not the leader of Cuba for most of the existence of the government he put in place. And, like, people don't quite understand. At a certain point, he stopped being the active leader of Cuba and was given a ceremonial position because, you know, he was their George Washington. So, yeah, he was like the quote unquote, like head of state of Cuba, the same way the fucking queen was in charge of England. But he wasn't the fucking like tin pot dictator who like what he said when like for most of his life. What I want to point out is that people living under capitalism and in liberal democracies cannot imagine that non-liberal democracies can also be democratic. Yeah. And that gives me a segue into plugging. I wrote an article called Democratic Realism where I discuss how liberal democracies sort of have this super ego where anything that is in a liberal democracy has to be de facto totalitarian, tyrannical, and repressive in order to justify its own tyranny and repression and anti-democratic stuff that liberal democracies do every day. 
I mean, I will say for the record, my most gray zone opinion I have is Iran is sort of okay, actually. <laughs> That's my most I'm fucking okay with that. bullshit campus opinion I have is uh, Iran is the uh, most free democracy in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to like totally defend it because, um, yeesh, there's issues, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Go for it. I'm down with it. So, yeah, so I ended up at a Trotskyist event today. Basically, my girlfriend had a friend who was like, come over, we're doing a free store. It's actually kind of common in Brooklyn where you have a bunch of people donate stuff and then you set it up on a stoop. And it kind of acts as a garage sale, but without like any transaction. Okay. And in the middle of it, there was a table that had all of this Trotskyist paraphernalia and okay. their pamphlets and a manifesto, which I subsequently read as I did laundry. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, I hear you're a writer. <laughs> Okay, do they actually, like, have money to pay you? No, they were very upfront about how they do not have any money to pay. <laughs> They're like, we're just letting you know, we do not have any funds. This is all volunteer work. Okay. Which is par for the course for every leftist political magazine or paper or... Yeah. I've only ever been paid by right-wingers, let's put it that way. Yeah, no, Basker, pay the man. But I want to say, like, major cult vibes from this group. Yeah. We both got it pretty bad. Like, her friend is cool, it's very friendly, came up, talked to us. But there was something about the rest of the group that was nice to us, but, like, skeptical of our every movement. Mm -hmm. And that's not exactly my experience with the DSA. And so that was noted. I mean, there is a little bit of like outsiderness, you know. Yeah, well, DSA has essentially the same like social dynamics of any like group where like some people know each other and hang out all the time. Yeah. And then this seemed like that group who, you know, was like, hung out and drank together the night before and then set up this like pop-up free store and then, you know, harassed whoever was on the street saying, come and get free stuff, come and get free stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and just unloaded a bunch of stuff that they didn't want in their apartments. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that I would join it, but <laughs> if they asked me yeah, to... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a. And I, and it, <laughs> yeah. It, it you seemed, shouldn't. It seemed that. like they were very hesitant to tell me about their ideology. Yeah. No. I, well, that's the one thing I remember from the Bernie rally uh, that Revcom showed up to. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like I had interacted with Revcom. You go to le like left wing protests in New York and Revcom. Uh, has its largest presence in New York, and at any protest, they will cultishly uh, turn out a few dozen people. Like, they will, if you have a 10-person protest and Revcom signs on, you have a 120-person protest. 
and they are loud. They all shout the same slogans. They'll do stupid shit. But like, also, you can talk to them, and they're like friendly people, and they're nice, and whatever. Yeah, I, I'd been uh, marshalling with the DSA. So, like, I'm at all these protests and I've talked to RevCon people because, you know, you show up and there's like some right wing asshole who has a YouTube channel and like he's just getting in people's faces with a fucking GoPro. And so, you know, you go up to like other people and you go up to the RevCon people and you say, hey, uh, just FYI, that guy's a well-known Nazi. Uh, here's like a printout on him. Uh, so just if he like comes up to you guys, just let you, you know, and they're like, oh, thanks so much much and then we talk blah 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 so yeah we're at this uh fucking bernie shit and rev comes up and yeah they're they're obviously they're counter protesting bernie before they eventually uh endorsed uh biden they're like out they're obviously trying to like say like oh yeah all the democrats suck and you know whatever the fuck and bernie sucks you know and like i don't even necessarily disagree with that notion but they all are like have signs that say Bernie is a bib and they're handing out literature that says Bernie is a bib. So I go up to one of them and I go, yo, what is, what the fuck is this? Just like, let me know. And they're like, oh, well you should go on our website. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do that. Just like be normal. And like, just like, Tell me. <laughs> it should like, anyway, the uh, fact of the matter is it was an acronym that, uh, Bob Avakian invented for bourgeois imperialist bastards. So, like, you know, good for you guys. Um, but, like, yeah, it just is like, I know you people are normal. I, I've spoken to you But guys that's before. different than the trots. They were trying to get a, a read on who I was and... You know, I didn't give them anything. I just said I was a journalist who had written about politics because I was interested in how much they would divulge about what they believed in. And they gave me a rundown of they were going to talk about Palestinian rights and Cuba and what's going on in Cuba and check out our website and check out these pamphlets, which trots love pamphlets. They just had so many. Well, I mean, newspaper is <laughs> the classic. But yeah. it, it, I, it was the funniest thing, which is may be true is that Trotskyists are just a front for newspaper production. Uh, But we went and yeah, and they were like, we write from a specifically socialist perspective. And I was like, okay, so that's that's interesting. That's, I didn't know that. I didn't. What is this you're talking about? (laughs) I've never heard of socialism. Which also I will say, like, I guess the fact, like when I'm, clearly at this event associated with DSA. They know who DSA is. They know who I am. Even in the worst paradoxical like idea of DSA they have. And again, I cannot stress this enough. Uh, RevCom did, in fact, endorse Biden and DSA did not. So I just want to say that for the record. We are more to the left than RevCom is at DSA. But uh, yeah, like I guess when I'm approaching them in that context it is a little different than when i'm some dude in line for the bernie rally uh but yeah it just was like annoying because it's like yeah it's a cult but like the people in it are normal fucking people yeah well fair just ordinary fucking people (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, we should like all watch the first season of Party Down. Yeah, that's a fun. Well, show. wasn't it a reference to another? Wasn't it? It was a reference to, a to another thing, but I know it from Party Down, which it reminded me of. Yeah, which show. is a, which is a great. It's a great reference. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> it's such a good show. I love it. While they do say fucking ordinary people in an episode of Party Down, but then okay. between two characters, uh, they are confused about what Repo exactly. Man. Repo Man. Yes. That's it. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. Look at those it. assholes, ordinary fucking people. I right. hate them. Oh, that's actually a movie I've never watched. And, like, it's one of those ones that it's on the list. Bunny, have you watched Repo Man? I definitely have seen Repo Man, Okay. Is it good? Is it actually worth it? I mean, you know, it's one of these things I watched because I... uh, Was in love with Emilio Estevez? Want to know the reference. Yeah. No, I I do... I do like Emilio Estevez. Okay, that is a truth. I would I would not argue with that fact. You know, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother. Yes, I know. He that. looks exactly like him. Yeah. Uh, Every right. everyone forgets. All right, guys. All right. Hey. See you guys. See ya. I got a carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed me and said, Hey, smoke up, Johnny. Just ordinary fucking people, man. Ordinary fucking people, man. Yeah. Anyway, good night. Good night.
pero si siente de la patria el Cristo, todo lo deja, todo lo pega, ese es su lema, su Ese es su lema, ese es su lema, su religión, su, su 